this year I've got some guests lined up in the first half of the year. Kev Wilcock. Now this was a late change uh, as of yesterday. And so Kev Wilcock is coming the 23rd, which is our baptism Sunday. Tom has graciously accepted to move his preaching to the next month. But Kev Wilcock will be here. An opportunity will be to have a men's pub night um, and to have him here on the Sunday morning, which will be great. Peter Frogley, he'll be here on the 1st of March, which is another big day for Cosimo and Josie and others. We're going to be talking about the ministry team going forward. And John Hannaford's booked in for April 17 so far. So there's some, um, some of my friends coming to minister with us early in this year. So um, <clears throat> on the BMI front, this is a bit of a frontier for, for me and um, for us. I guess we have been, uh, in the history of this church, BMI was hosted here, so that our denomination was hosted from here as Greg Cush was the leader at that time. And um, so administratively, our church supported Bethesda. Um, but uh, for the last few years, it hasn't been the case. The last, uh, let's say, um, 14 years, it hasn't been the case. But God is opening the doors for us in the area of BMI. Now, what does that mean to us um, sitting here in the pews? Well, it does mean something. It does mean something. I feel like that God is opening the doors for us to, to um, influence in a greater way the churches that are in our umbrella. Now, what the way that I see that is that God has been bringing gifts and abilities and resources to us that we have been using to be as a blessing to our um, the churches in our in our group of churches, and so we have an increased influence in BMI. Um, that's going to be seen through next gen. So the next gen gathering is coming up um, beginning of next month in Bandina, and um, there'll be uh, you know more than a dozen people from here that'll be taking part in that. Next gen is the next generation of leaders in Bethesda, leaders of missions, ministries and churches. And so that's got a real momentum about it now. There's five events. This will be our fifth gathering. And uh, th these events have just been super positive in the life of BMI at large. Just to be able, People have looked on and said, when we were in Tasmania last year, they said, I didn't know this was happening in, in BMI. We didn't know that there was young people who were rising up. And so um, it's kind of really exciting to have uh, a, a thrust there in that area of the next gen, and that's coming through us. So that's um, we're supporting that as a church, and you've probably heard a little bit about it over the time that you've been around. Um, and I can confirm, too, that Rod Klimanok is going to be our um, speaker at this next gen. So that's going to be great. Uh, Africa is our uh, other partner in ministry. Uh, and we're influencing there for BMI and beyond, I think, uh, as we're planning a trip in, um, in April and May this year. So one of the things about BMI Africa is that Peter Frogley has been overseeing the ministry there for the last 20-odd years. And he's gone every year, sometimes a couple of times per year, uh, when they've had issues, he's gone when they've um, you know, to continue to teach and serve them. Uh, over the last 20 years. Now, Peter's uh, 75 or so, and for the last couple of years, he's been talking to me about taking on that ministry from him, and as of this year, I have. And so um, I now oversee BMI Africa. Now, that's a scary proposition because Africans are different to us, and it's very culturally 
um, uh, something to get your head around and understand. And so um, I've been able to be in Africa a couple of times now. We're going again this year. And, and I'll be going once a year as part of a BMI visit to the churches and ministries in Africa. And so um, that means that there's room in my suitcase for you. And I want you to think about that uh, uh, over the next um, few years. Could you fit that in? Now, I do have a deal sweetener, and that is this one. Not that one. No, I'm going to go back. I'll come back to it later. But there's a nice way to finish off a visit to Africa, and that could be a trip to Italy. That might help get some people along. So anyway, we're, we are um, on a frontier there, really, with Africa, because the way that things have gone in Africa with BMI has just been a little... Uh, it's the, the, way, the format of the ministry, the strategy of the ministry is probably coming to an end. We're bringing a new strategy. We're bringing a new um, way of doing things and um, I'm looking forward to sort of rolling that out in the next few years. I've been speaking last um, fortnight. I went to visit a guy who's just finished 40 years of ministering in Africa, um, Reverend Dr. Howard Sands. Some of you may know him. Paul calls him Mr. Bean because of the looks. Um, <clears throat> but he has, he has um, been a, f- a guy faithful. He's not cool, he's just faithful. And he's, he's um, gone to be part of their teaching, part of their equipping, and part of the unification of churches in Africa. And so, um, yeah, I think the style and the way that we will do things will be very different when it comes to Africa. So that's, that feels like it's a, it's a frontier, it's, it's new. Um, our uh, one, this was a personal thing for me is that BMI has um, invited me to their national leadership team in Australia and so that just involves uh, four weekends a year to be part of a, a gathering in the different states that BMI is and so um, you know it, this is also part of what I feel like is our increased influence across uh, the board in BMI. And it feels like that's what I mentioned about some of the resources that's been coming to us. And when I talk about those, I'm thinking about things like administration. I'm thinking about things like music and worship. I mean, to have Flynn share last week um, briefly about writing songs. And I remember standing about there about 16 years ago when a prophet came in. Uh, we were just new members of the church. And I think um, maybe we were kind of starting to lead things and this prophet Sheena Ryan it was and um, and she was praying prophesying things over us and I kind of thought that's the stuff you're supposed to prophesy over le- junior leaders and that is you know uh, you see big things I see music I see CDs I see blah 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 and we're just kind of like yeah that's nice and tuck it in the back pocket still got the recording of it but it feels like that actually feels like it's not that unrealistic um, that there could be music coming from here. Um, and so I feel like the, some of the resources that God is bringing to us. I mean, imagine um, imagine all your favorite old hymns sung by Jordan Warner and released under the BMI label. Was, no, I'm only, only not, not a very... But, but you, can, you can see that there is resources that we've got here that feels like it's able to be a blessing to the broader body. And that feels like a new frontier for us. So, on the sending frontier, 
um, part where in year three of the hundred people in ten years vision and uh, I couldn't really tell you whether where we're at in terms of the number of people because I've classified them differently. Like for example, this week Paul and Jane are in Maria. They'll probably be there. Uh, spoke to them yesterday and the day before. For probably it could be six months. I, d- I don't know. Feels like um, they they're needed there. And uh, how do you put that on a score? You know, like but that's not the point. The point is. We've got a value for sending. And so we've got Paul and Jane um, going in that direction. We've got um, some others going to Italy. We've got some others going to Africa. We've got some youth going to the Philippines. And, but the, the, the intention and the heart is we want to be a sending place. And we're three years into the 10-year vision. And I reckon we're probably already up around the 40-odd anyway. So we're going to have to extend the boundaries, extend the goalposts. Uh, in the DRC, we've got a leaders uh, encouragement mission uh, in April, May. And like I said, we do have room for you in our suitcase. Nikki's going to come with me this time, which is really exciting. Um, and the way that that seems to be panning out is, is that uh, Luke won't be there, I'd say. So we'll just be going with his people and being led by them. But we'll also be touching quite a few different ministries along the whole east of DRC. So um, that's going to be quite an interesting one from the bigger cities to the smaller villages. Um, in Kenya, there'll be a, we're planning there to be there in May with the same trip. And we're looking at doing a leaders retreat, a women's retreat, and a youth retreat or some combination thereof. So um, that's, that's coming up for us in May. Cosie and Josie are talking about being part of that one because that will be part of, could be tagged on to their next Italy visit. Um, now, in Italy, that is the ultimate way to finish off a mission trip to Congo. And uh, if that will sweeten the deal, then I'm sure it will be something just to get you across the line. And it's not just all gelato. Is that right, Josie? Like when we say a trip to Italy, you only had one gelato. Oh, you, I feel like you missed out. Um, <coughs> And it's not just all, uh, you know, prosciutto and gelato. It's it's ministry, and it's um, it sounds like from your stories, it's it's um, it's a great opportunity, and it's kind of exciting. But it's also um, <clears throat> it's not all just gelato and prosciutto and candy and blah blah. Yeah. Uh, so that that uh, that new ministry looks like in late later this year, because in just you'll be sent back out again, kicked out. We're going to change the locks, and um, <laughs> put them on a plane, and and there'll be a, a system ministry that we have in Italy. And so it's exciting, it's exciting. That's a new frontier. Never done that before. I don't know how you're supposed to do that. Um, that's exciting for us. The Philippines, I've actually changed my three-letter initial to the IEC standard or something like that. PHL means Philippines. A youth camp is being planned for October. And so uh, we're looking for our older youth and um, parents as well to be part of a youth trip in Philippines. So that's exciting. And, of course, Australia, our inter-church encouragement missions so that looks like One Life Dubbo, looks like Mosvale, looks like Maruya, looks like just being part of the um, sent out ministry across the different churches within BMI and without BMI. So that's on the sending front. This is exciting, isn't it? All right. Now I've got a new 
structure, org structure for you. Um, it's, the yellow is a little bit hard to see. So it's a building. It's got a foundation. The foundation there is the spiritual oversight of the elders, the administration support of the admin and the board. Okay, and upon that is the three pillars, uh, Sunday services, people pillar, and the mission pillar. And so um, on the roof of HCC is sitting on top of that. Um, it's something that just been playing around with in terms of visually presenting to you how we're structuring um, the church and the, the ministry here and also how we can, because the, the leadership meetings have been growing bigger and bigger. For example, we had a leaders dinner at Virginia's place for Christmas in December and there was over 30 people there. And, um, and so it's, we need to be able to think, all right, next stage of leadership meetings needs to be perhaps more modular and even divided into those three pillars or something like that so that we can get more done and waste less people's time. Um, <clears throat> and so in those different pillars, I've got service in the Sunday services pillars, the worship team, the welcome team, the kitchen team, the kids ministry, and the altar call ministry, and the admin, Sunday service admin people. And so uh, that's sort of what fits in that pillar. In the people pillar is the pastoral care, the youth, the young adults, the men's, the women's, and the mothers in the house, or the geo, which is the golden oldies. I'm not sure which name we're going with, Fran. Mothers in the house. Mothers in the house. Okay. I like the fact that the geo was like the sending as well. But anyway, the mothers of the house. Mothers of the house. And uh, our mission pillar is the high, our local mission with Highland Grace Soul Warmers, our inter-church mission, BMI, Next Gen work, Africa and Education Fund and our Philippines Youth Camp and so that's where the, what it sort of feels like we're structuring for this year on the new frontier. Good? I think it's encouraging and like I said to you I've never done this before and I don't know if it's legal but I'm having a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> I've never had this much fun so uh, before in church and I hope you're having fun with us because we love having you people around and um, we, uh, I think uh, if if it's uh, if we're allowed to it can be a party all the way along so I'm excited about that now I'm going to um, open up and start the preaching on the red letters and uh, this morning just briefly before we um, finish up but um, before we do can we commit this year to the Lord in prayer? <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for, I thank you for this wonderful thing that you are doing amongst these people here in Mittagong. I thank you, Father God, for the time and season that we're in right now. Thank you, Father God, as we stand at the edge of this new frontier, that, you, that just like um, Joshua crossing the, the Jordan, um, wondering how we're going to do this, how are we going to take the city, how are we going to take the promised land. We're to look to you, wait for your cues and follow your lead. And so, Father, we're relying on you, Jesus, to build your church. We're relying on you, Jesus, to empower us to be uh, your followers in this community. And we're relying on you, Lord, to 
bring the resources that we need to fulfill the mission that you've put in front of us to do. So God, I pray for every single individual that is here this morning, everyone that calls this church home. Pray, Father, that you join our hearts together with cords of love that cannot be broken. Thank you, Lord, that this is not a political party. I thank you, Lord, that this is not a social event. But this is a spiritual organism that's made up of living stones that is being assembled by God himself for him to dwell in and move throughout. And so, Father, I just commit to you the things that will be spoken from this pulpit this year. We commit to you the plans that we have for um, ministry abroad. We commit to you the ministry within. And Lord, we can't do it without you. We don't want to do it without you. Because without you, it's just words. Without you, it's just activity. But with you, it's transforming people's lives. It's transforming community. It's transforming culture with the salt and the light of the kingdom and the yeast of the kingdom. So God, I commit our precious church to you. I ask this morning as we open the word, look at the red letters, that Jesus, you yourself would speak to us, identify where we are at, and the Holy Spirit, that you would remind us of the things that Christ said. God, I ask your blessing upon us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to not just track through one of the Gospels, like Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. We're going to probably jump between them. And it's interesting to note that the four Gospels have uh, four different kind of angles that they come from, uh, four perspectives on the same life of Christ. Um, I found it interesting to find out as well that there's some other references to the four Gospels that are a little bit more hidden in Scripture. And so in the tabernacle of uh, Moses and Aaron, uh, there was curtains to be made that were made from four different uh, cords. There was the um, blue, purple, scarlet, and the fine linen that was involved in the making of those curtains. And those four different colors, the blue represents God, heaven. The purple represents um, like kingship, royalty. Uh, the, the scarlet represents blood, which is the, the, the God and the man together, the, the stuff of the blood. And the linen is the pure, white, flawless, holy son of God. And so uh, those th themes are actually echoed then in the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We see in Matthew that Jesus comes as the king of his kingdom. He's the, the, uh, the, the royal one. He was wrapped in a purple robe before he was crucified. Um, we see in Mark that Mark has tw three times as many miracles as it does parables. It's the one who comes in power. Um, he's the, uh, 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 in, in um, Luke, he's presented as the most empathetic one. It's written by perhaps the only non-Jewish writer of the gospel. I think Luke was a non-Jew. Um, it also presents the the thing of he talks about men and he talks about women, alternates them. I think in this, the, the stories as it goes through, Luke actually uses men, then women, then men, then women to, and talks about what happened. It talks about the 
the uh, other nations as well coming and responding to Christ. And so here we see Luke as the Son of Man. Uh, and in, in John we see him as the Son of God, the, the righteous Messiah who was promised. And um, there's also a picture in Revelation, I think in Daniel as well, of the four-faced being. Uh, and the faces on the four beings is the lion, an ox, an eagle, and a man. And these are also probably themes that come through the Gospels as well. The lion, the king of the jungle. You know, the lion is the king. Um, the, the ox is the worker. That's, that's Mark's representation of Christ as the one who comes to do the works of God. Um, uh, uh, the, and then the eagle and the man, the, the man, the man being probably most portrayed in Luke, the son of man. And, and John is the son of God. And so... Um, we're going to look, jump between those as appropriate to, to dig into and to unpack what Christ is on about. And so the very first words, anybody want to have a guess what the very first words of Christ's life would be? Yes, that's right. It was when he was 12 years old. He was uh, in church. He'd been lost by his parents. But um, here it is in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Jesus said to them, Why would you need to search for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be here in my father's house, consumed with him? Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? Now, if you think about this in terms of the very first thing that Jesus would say, things that were spoken in his formative years, 12 years old as a boy, um, he was developing a passion for being in church. I'm thinking about that at the beginning of this year as well. Where is our passion for being in God's house? Being consumed with Him. You know, it's not just, um, it's not just I go to church religiously, although um, I am a church boy. I grew up in church and I've gone to church my whole life. I believe in church. And as much as church has been you know, done well and as much as church has been persecuted over the years and much as church has been neglected throughout time, it's still God's plan A. It's still God's plan A. He's not dying for me. He's dying for the church. He's dying for the bride. He's dying. He's coming back for the bride. Not coming back for Holland's Christian church. He's coming back for the bride. And so the church is God's plan A. Amen? And I think that all the things that make us busy in life are kind of subtle ways of making church less of a consuming priority in our life. I'm not wanting you to be legalistic about your approach to church. But if, you, if the, the Father's house consumes you, and zeal for that house consumes you, it will affect the way that you live. Um, it was that same zeal that Jesus, it was spoken about Jesus when he came into the temple that day and there was people changing money and ripping the you know poor people off by changing their money into things that would be acceptable to God. And it was a dud deal. It was like, rip, you know, inflated prices to make money on people's sacrifice. 
And Jesus come in full of the zeal for God's house and its purity and its original plan that God has for it and it opened doors for the Gentiles to come into and he saw that what they were doing was ridiculous and it was offensive to God and so he flipped the tables on and they said, oh, they've, spoke, they've said about this guy hundreds of years ago and it says zeal for my house will consume me. It was prophesied about Christ, that passion for God's house. You know, that, um, that, that area where that took place was the, the, the outer court of the, of the temple. The temple sort of built into three major parts, the outer court, the inner court, and the most holy place. And the outer courts where everyone could come. It was also called the, the court of the Gentiles. Uh, it was also a place where people would come and pray and there'd potentially be thousands of people in this court. And so if it was like the front door to church and people were like making it hard for others to get in, you'll find the anger of Jesus burning at that point, flipping the tables on that deal. And so zeal for the house of God is a thing that um, I think, I feel it consumes me. Now that there's others here who I just think zeal for the house of God consumes them and it's a wonderful thing and so um, I want to put this to you this year where are you at with consumed zeal consuming zeal for the house of God that is what God is doing on planet earth what God is doing in southern Highland what God is doing through us abroad as well and so um, don't you love how this is also spoken about as a father's house is that politically correct? I don't know. Well, isn't the mother there too? Isn't it a part of a family? Well, I don't know. Well, the thing is, is that one of the things that identifies um, the church is, is that it's, it is to be a father's house. It's where people can get fathering. What is it to be fathered? Well, it is to be shown the ropes, to be nurtured and protected. It's to be sent out and released. Least, you know what? It's not to others. I mean, mothering is part of, um, I think, the the work of the spirit in our lives as well, and we see that um, mothering is in the in in God's nature as well as a as someone who nurtures and takes us under the his wings, a shadow of his wings, and how he says about Jerusalem, I I wanted to gather you like a hen, you know, a is it a hen or a, you know, gathers her chicks. I wanted to mother you. I wanted to nurture you and foster you. And one of the things that mothers do so well is actually identify their children. And they say, I, I know you. You're a for Jesus. And they can help identify in us what, what's in us. That's part of, a, I think, a, a, a mother, mothering thing. I know that um, my wife is particularly good at doing that with our children and, and with me too. She, she says, she, she gives me help in that area of identifying things that are in us. And I think that uh, that's uh, something that's part of the, ought to be part of the Father's house as well, is that this is the nurturing. When we talk about that in terms of our four, um, four objectives is to nurture and to protect and to develop and to train um, members of the family in the things of, of the faith and of the ministry. And so here we see the first words of Christ 
that he spoke to us, first the 30 odd thousand words, was that he was in his father's house. He was committed to what God was doing on earth and being consumed by him and his presence. Is that good news to you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the passion that we see in Christ. I thank you, Father, that these words which were spoken that come, first of all, that Christ spoke what he heard the Father say. Christ quoted a lot of scripture as well, what, what the prophets had spoken, which was also what the Father had said. But these words are to be challenging to us, confronting to us, transforming to us. So, Father, let the words of Christ resonate in our hearts this morning. Let them resonate in our lives as we move forward and grow and mature this year. Let us have a commitment, Father, to being in the Father's house, having dad time, being embraced by him, being corrected by him, being pointed in the right direction by him. Father, we thank you for the privilege it is that we can call you Abba Father. You're not just an impersonal force, a universe power structure of the world, way things are, impersonal being. You're someone who reveals yourself in terms that we can understand. Father, you invite us to, to call you our Father in the way that you taught us to pray. You reveal yourself as a family to us, Father, Son and Spirit. And so God, as we stand at the frontier line, stand at the precipice of what you have for us this year as the ship gets out of the heads and sets sail for this year, we commit ourselves fully to you, Lord. We invite you by your Spirit to challenge us, to change us, to correct us, to lead us in your footsteps, God. We know that we've never done this before, and so we're relying on you. We're looking to you, Lord, to lead your church, to be the head of your church, to be the husband of this bride. So, Father, as we go ahead this week into our weeks, we pray your presence with us. We pray that you would echo the words of Christ to us, that you teach us to live your way. Father, I thank you for the great privilege that it is to be a child of God. I thank you, Father, for the great privilege it is to be in community, in the family of God. Thank you for the great privilege it is to be part of the bride of Christ, the one you are coming back for. God, I ask your blessing upon each family here today. I ask your blessing on every individual here today. Father, that you lead us and guide us in the things that you have for us this week. So we ask your richest blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope some of these things will, um, well, they've been helpful, but also inspire you to be part of the ministry this year and to be part of, you know, not everyone is a blah, blah. It's not a, everyone's not a guitar player. Not everyone's an X or a, an arm or a 
leg or a shoulder in the body, but all together the body grows through what each part contributes. And so I'm encouraged to see you find your place in the body and how it will be blessed by what you bring to it. So God bless you. We're going to release the meeting, morning tea, but also invite people uh, as, as appropriate to come for prayer, whatever the needs might be. Uh, God bless you. Have a great week.